everybody. This is Chris. And Kathy. We wanted to take a minute to thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate every listener and are grateful for this platform. Please help us share our vision by subscribing to our show through your favorite streaming app. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Petability Podcast. Check out our ever-growing list of affiliates and sponsors. Simply go to the show notes for information and links. And be sure to use our promo code PETPOD22, that's P-E-T-P-O-D-2-2, on checkout to receive your discount from our affiliates. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Alon Landa, CEO of MedcoVet, and I'm a proud sponsor of Petability. We decided to partner with Chris and Kathy because, like them, we want to empower all pet owners who are trying to do the most for their pets. At MedcoVet, we specialize in advanced home laser therapy for pets. Laser therapy is a safe and effective treatment for common conditions like arthritis and wounds, and it relieves pain for most conditions caused by inflammation. With MedcoVet, pet owners can perform this treatment at home while receiving support from experienced clinicians. If you think your pet would benefit from healing at home, visit MedcoVet.com, and one of our clinical experts will work with you to determine if home laser therapy is the right fit for you and your pet. Tell them PetAbility sent you. Welcome to PetAbility. I'm your host, Kathy Simons. And I'm your host, Chris Cranston. Our podcast provides interviews and information to help your pets live their best lives. Hey, Chris, what's going on this morning? Stop, Kathy. <laughs> Listen, I have so much to tell you today. So many things. I went to, did I tell you I went to the Pug Social last weekend? I knew you were going to the Pug Social. If, for, for people who, are, who don't have pugs or, or, well, for people who don't have pugs, typically in most states, they have this social every year and it's the big fundraiser for whatever, you know, pug rescue organization is in that state. And it is off the hook. It's like nothing you've ever seen before. 200 pugs in costumes, a cost, a pug parade, best wrinkle contest, curliest tail contest. But the biggest news of all, and I wish I had, I wish I was able to call you at the time. Um, they have pug races, you know, they'll have the males races and then they'll have the female races. The dog that won the male races was a three-legged pug named Winston. And he blew the competition out of the water. I right? know why. I know why he won despite his three legs. What's that? Because his name is Winston. He's and destined to win. It was the greatest of all accomplishments. He got a medal. He wore it around the social. He was very pleased with himself. So it was so exciting Aww. to see uh, that he was out there competing in the pug race of 2022. And now he is you know, a champion. <laughs> that and on three legs. Here, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here. It was a lot of fun. The other thing is, I would like to let the audience know that Chris and I were having a little conversation that turned into a debate the other day. We're talking about ramps versus stairs. And um, what I found out about my dear friend Chris of 20 years is that <laughs> she's an anti ramper. <laughs> oh, say it isn't so. He's an anti ramper. True. And, you know, just when you think you know a person, you find out something like this, that she's an anti-ramper. And then we decided, let's let's talk this out on the air, because this is something that I think the audience needs to know. Ramps versus stairs. 
get this question all the time. What's better for my dog? Shall I use the ramp or shall I get some stairs to get into the car, to get onto the furniture? Uh, so not necessarily, not usually talking about stairs versus ramps in the home. So not that repetitive right. all day up and down, mostly about getting on stationary items like the couch or the human's bed or in and out of the car. So yeah. I think it warrants a conversation. I do too. But before we get into that, shall we mention our new sponsor? Yes, please. Because one of my, um, because I'm obviously going to take the pro ramp stance and one of my, one of my pro <laughs> ramp stance items is that you can use Dr. Busby's toe grips with your ramp. And well, Kathy, you can use <laughs> Dr. Busby's toe grips on your stairs. <laughs> There's no scenario where you can't use your Dr. Busby's toe grips. That's right. So we are thrilled that Dr. Busby's is on board as one of our sponsors. And, you know, just to briefly describe, it's it's rubber medical grade, rubber rings that slip onto your pet's toenails. When those rubber rings make contact with the ground, it provides instant traction. It will improve the dog's mobility and it will help prevent those painful, scary falls. So there are two ways that you can help support the show by purchasing Dr. Busby's toe grips. One, go to our show notes and click the link. It will take you where you need to go. The proceeds from that purchase will go to Petability Podcasts and they'll help to support our show. And the second way is you can go to toegrips.com. You can use the promo code PETPOD22. That's P-E-T-P-O-D-2-2, all capital letters. Use that promo code at checkout and you'll get a 10% discount on your first order and proceeds will go to help our show. Even though you and I are, are fans of the, the toe grips because that's what we're most familiar, she's actually rebranded and is now really targeting uh, senior pets and all the things that we can do to help our gray-muzzled friends. We love them. Kathy and I have used the, this product for years. Right, right, right. And visit that website. You'll gain so much information. All right. So let's get on with it. Who's going okay. first? Uh, I've never been first? in a formal debate. I, I know. know so why works. don't you go first since you're, I knew and I'm, you not saying say I'm, that. I'm not saying I'm anti-stair, but I'm going to take the pro-ramp stance, okay? Yes. And yes. you're going to take the pro-stair stance. So why don't you tell me what you think stairs are so great, Chris. Um, and again, remember for this conversation, we're talking about like stairs and ramps for getting on stationary items, not this like 35 stairs to get in and upstairs, you know? <laughs> Well, I can take the program stance, Kathy, but as I'm thinking about it, I would need to talk about ramps in a negative light in order to paint the stairs in a positive okay. light. Kind of a okay. compare and contrast. Ahead, you ready? For, ahead, you ready for that? Ahead, All right. All right. So, yes, I was on the ramp bandwagon when I started out in my pet career about 20 years ago. Thought this is what we needed to do to help our pets get onto stationary objects. Tried many a ramp. These are the features that, that I suggested. So in terms of specs of the ramp, right? So first of all, there are two types of ramps. There's a ramp that folds in the middle. And there's a ramp that telescopes or slides in and out. And so that's kind of a personal preference. But realize that the... Yes. So realize that the ramp that folds is a fixed length. 
So you don't have any choice on that. Where the telescoping one, you can make it shorter, which then would make it steeper potentially, depending, you know, if you're on the same object. If you are able to telescope it all the way out and lengthen it, then it's a more gradual incline, less steep. So it does give you some flexibility there, which is nice if you are using the ramp primarily for the car because you don't know you know, how close you're going to be to the car next to you, you know, how much space you're going to have. But in your home, you, you pretty much have a, a good idea. And again, talking about length and space, you know, we don't have a lot of space in our homes typically. And even if we do, we don't want a ramp sticking way out into the room, you know, that could be a, a hazard for a person to trip on and so forth. So oftentimes we're limited by furniture or walls or, or what have you. And you know, ramps, especially for a big dog, take up a lot of space. Secondly, we just mentioned grip. So the surface of the ramp has to be grippy. It has to be well tractioned. If it's still at that steep incline, even if you have carpet or indoor, outdoor, you know, like that fake grass or um, texturized like sandpaper, you know, they can still slip if it's a steep angle, right? That's tough, especially for our dogs that, that are differently abled. I also recommended that they have sides on the ramp. So many times as dogs get older, they have a wide base of support. So they are more prone to maybe stepping off the side of the ramp if it's a narrow ramp, right? So you want a little lip there that could catch their paw as they're potentially sliding out to the side. And let's see, finally, you know, really, I think ramps are best for small dogs, for the littles. I have always found that the larger dogs have more of an issue with ramps. Ramps are foreign to dogs. When have they gone up a steeply pitched ramp like that? In America, our American Disabilities Act has specific specifications that for every foot of length, there is only one inch of rise. That's a very shallow pitch. So in our communities, that's typically what we and our pets are dealing with. But imagine again that maybe 30 degree angle. That's scary. There's lack of familiarity. So that's also an issue that I have with ramps. It takes a lot of training by the owner and are the owners willing to invest that time? Because I found that oftentimes it's rather emergent. Owners wait till the last minute, maybe put our, our pet out and, you know, and, and go that, you know, oh, you know, ah, now I need to get a ramp and whatever. And so they put it off, put it off. And then now their, their dog really needs it, right? And that's the worst time to engage in training because training to use the ramp takes time. You need to be patient. If that ramp moves, wobbles, shakes, or makes any noise, forget it. They're out of there. So that's why I'm an anti-ramper. Yes, I don't like labels. I don't like to be put in a box. I mean, there's a time and a place for everything. But... But those are my considerations and the issues that I had with ramps. So yeah. it's not that I didn't try them. It was based mm -hmm. on real life experiences. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I feel now that I should turn the floor over to you. I'm, I think, ding, ding, I've exceeded my time <laughs> limit. And it's your turn. And then I will go back and, and tell wow. you why I like steps. Okay. Okay. So um, 
I've done the same thing. You know, we've had all had the same experience where we've had to have, you know, uh, owners either use stairs or ramps to help them. And largely it's either because of the, the dog's limitation or the owner's limitation in being able to help the dog in and out of the right. car. And so I do the same thing, you know, right. ramps or stairs for these dogs. And I'm not anti-stair. I'm okay with stairs. I think it's, you know, I think that um, you're right. Dogs have gone upstairs, you know, probably since they were puppies. They understand that. And there is a little bit of a learning curve for the pro, for the learning the ramp. But I find that it's, for some of my patients, um, the ramp is, when they're coming down, less impact. So if I have animals that have front-end issues, when they come off that last step, it's that, uh, it's concussive, you know. And so I like to see them come off the ramp sort of nice and smooth like that. So I find it, you know, less less impact, at least on the down, you know, there's less impact. Mm -hmm. uh, so I like that for animals that have shoulder issues, neck issues, elbow issues, uh, things like that. So that that impact is is one of my key factors in, in deciding whether I want to use a ramp or not. I think it might be for some animals, and, and for some animals, I think that it might be less fatiguing and more comfortable. So some dogs that have uh, hip dysplasia or arthritis, they might find that stair climbing, even though it's just a few stairs, they may find that a difficult task because they don't have uh, maybe the coordination or the strength or the balance to get those couple of steps. So I find it maybe for, maybe less fatiguing, but certainly for dogs that have conditions like hip dysplasia, maybe a little bit more comfortable in that movement versus trying to get up the stairs or hopping up those couple of stairs. The ramps, the ramps are adjustable. I mean, not the one that folds out, but the telescoping one is adjustable. I find that stairs that you get have they have little versatility. You need to make, you have to find out exactly how high you need to make it. And it has to be that height where with the ramp, that's a telescoping one. It has a little bit more, you know, forgiving space. You can, you can roll it out a little bit more, or you can bring it up a little bit more. And then I find that it, sometimes owners still have to help their dogs with that couple of stairs. Now, sometimes they have their help them up harness on or they're gingerly and they still need to help them up. I find that, you know, owners that have their own limitations, I think that ramps might be a little bit easier for them. You know, I, I often try to just see them hold onto the dog's leash and if the dog's trying to go up the ramp, or right up the ramp and into the car. And there really isn't very much owner involvement in assisting the dog. And then, Chris, you mentioned um, for short-legged dogs. So, and this is a feat of athleticism that I'm always amazed with. Like, how do dachshunds climb stairs? The height of a stair is most often higher longer than their leg length. So it is a huge feat of athleticism for little dogs, particularly our chondrodystrophic dogs, um, even to have a few stairs because of the, the, the depth of the stair is longer than their tiny little leg. So it's a lot of expending of energy, energy to thrust yourself up with your little tiny legs and then balance yourself with your little tiny legs all the way down. So I worry about those little guys. And so for those guys, I think that um, that stair, that that ramps, especially in the house to furniture, or you know how dachshunds like to get in your bed and get under your blanket to get you know up the little ramp and into your bed and under that blanket. So I think those are my pro ramp stances. Kathy. Oh, and you can use toe grips <laughs> and help them up harness <laughs> and ginger lead. <laughs> And help them up that you mentioned. I love my help them up partners. I love it. <laughs> so you raise good points. I think that when your dog is, or pet, let's talk about cats too. Um, right. You know, we often neglect 
the fact that many of our cats as they age have arthritis and they hide it so well. Right. And cats are natural jumpers. But, you know, when you see them start to, to miss that jump or no longer, you know, get on the bed and, and curl up like they used to, you know, maybe it's, it's not comfortable. They're spending more time on the floor. So we want to help them get to their happy place. I think that stairs or ramps in those cases for the smaller short-legged dogs can be equally effective. Right. Where I've had more success with stairs is with larger dogs. Mm -hmm. I've had many, you know, let's say 40, 50 pound plus, where again, it becomes more of an issue for the owner, right? Mm -hmm. They can't, they can't get the the dog in the, the car, for example, but they'll, they'll circumvent the ramp. You know, they'll, they'll, uh, I had somebody who's a, a great trainer. Um, they've actually been a guest on our show recommended. Well, I didn't actually, they got a ramp and then reached out to me and said, Beacon won't use the ramp. She just jumps <laughs> right over it. And so if they're capable, you know, they can avoid, um, and, and jump around it because I think it is again, kind of, kind of scary and unfamiliar. And, and you talked about the step rise and that's actually one of the things that I like about stairs. Now, there are many products out there, and I'm going to talk about DYI and things you can use in your house and things you can buy. But according to building code, all steps are supposed to be seven inches high. So have you ever been like to an old house or or building or something? And even though the step maybe is lower, maybe it's only five or six inches, you find yourself tripping because... It's not that motor learning that you've had your entire life is now different. I mean, you you have to do something different, even though it should be easier because you haven't had to step up as high. So physically, you think, oh, yeah, shorter step, easier. But it's actually harder because physically, our motor learning is all messed up with that. We've been conditioned. We've been, Muscle yeah. memory to have that. Yeah. Exactly. Well, what exactly. about your... What about your patients who have trouble with that type of movement with the stairs? So your German Shepherd with your bilateral hip dysplasia, that's going to want to bunny hop up those stairs. You know, how do you deal with that? Well, again, I think over time, because hip dysplasia is an insidious, you know, they've had the dysplasia, it's an anatomical thing, congenitally since they were born. So those dogs have figured out a compensatory way of, of moving. and they're using both legs because that's more comfortable and where they may get the most power. So I still stand by, this is what they've learned. This Mm -hmm. is their motor learning. And -hmm. again, Kathy, I think both of you, both you and I would say your dog has severe bilateral hip dysplasia, limit stairs, block Mm -hmm. off those flights of stairs in your home, shut the door to the basement. Don't let them follow you down to do your laundry, things like that. So from a rehab perspective, of course, we want to you know, limit that impact. We want to always preaching safety, right? Right. You know, if they were to stumble or fall, but for those times, again, like getting into the car or getting on your bed because they've slept in your bed since they were a puppy. And now, you know, you've noticed that they try to jump and they either give up or they slam into the side of the bed. How can we help them? And for that German shepherd, that may just be one step. It may Mm. be something, a platform that you put by your bed when it's not in use, you can slide it under your bed, but mm-hmm. now it's bedtime. 
So, you know, you call sergeant over, you pull out the platform and boom, boom, up into the bed they go. So, you know, steps can take a wide variety of configurations. And oftentimes, if, if, you know, this is something that that's come about, you know, kind of later in life, I'll just tell people again with their large dog, let's look around your house and see what we can find that could act as that step. Mm-hmm. I have one client that is using a toolbox that they put a, uh, like a yoga mat mm-hmm. on for yeah. grip yep. and they take it out of their trunk. They put it, you know, by their, their back door and the dog who happens to be a German shepherd hops on the toolbox cause it's nice and heavy and then into uh-huh. the car. Yeah. Um, I will actually also going back to my pro ramp stance, I actually find it some helpful sometimes as an exercise you know sometimes i'll have them incline that ramp maybe not necessarily do a steep angle like up against the car but maybe we do that lean it up against something at the the porch at home or something and um, i use it as an uphill or downhill exercise so it can actually be used or incorporated as a piece of a therapy equipment Mm -hmm. for types of recovery so you know when we start doing incline work for some of these dogs that have whatever remember they're doing incline work because they're recovering from hip or knee surgery. Yes. Um, you can you can you can use that piece of equipment as a therapy tool. But you know, you address that it move making it move or making a noise. And I agree with that because if it makes if it moves um or makes a noise and they may not want to get back on it again. You know what I do is I'll just take something and put it under the ramp that fits so like a, a box, you know, just underneath the middle part of the ramp so that when the dog goes up and hits that middle part of the ramp, it doesn't bow or move mm. or wiggle. So I've stabilized it from underneath, you know, particularly when I'm doing it for an exercise. I can't necessarily make it not make a noise. I'm not sure I can make stairs not make a noise sometimes when Correct. they're outside either. But um, I think the movement probably is probably more scary in my mind than necessarily the noise. Right. Uh, you know, maybe we can get over the noise aversion, but the 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 instability of something, the ramp or the stairs is scary because you could mm-hmm. fall. Right. If you're going to go over a bridge and it starts swaying, you're like, I am out. Right. This is not safe. <laughs> this is not safe. Um, and, and I think it's the same for dogs. And to, and to make it more stable and less noisy in either case. And I agree with you that it could be ramps or stairs, uh, even putting a rug under so that right. that object, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't slip. Yep. That it, you know, doesn't make noise as it might teeter, you know, an eighth of an inch. And, you know, right. if it's on a hardwood floor or tile or something like that could make a, a noise and gives it some stability because you have some mm-hmm. forgiveness, you know, on a softer surface. So, right. you know, something like a rug, again, it could be a yoga mat, it could be, you know, um, anti-fatigue mat, it could be, you know, anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, you, as always, you have to make sure that whatever you place the ramp or the stairs on also doesn't slip. Also doesn't move, right? Right. Because <laughs> yeah. that could be scary too. Um, and then I go back to cats. I think that cats would use the ramps in ho- in your home as well. Um, they're smart. They're smart animals. And like you said, they hide everything. And I know that they love to jump, but they also know that they have limitation to jump if they have pain. And so I think that they would be willing to use ramps. And I think that there are all kinds of new environmental enrichment things. You know what? I was watching the Today Show uh, on Saturday or Sunday morning. And they were interviewing Steve-O. Do you know who Steve-O is? No. You know Steve-O? He's the guy from uh, the Jackass movies. And and I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's who, the who, reason I do not know Steve-O. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm not a, 
again, I no no offense. No offense What's to this both. say about you, Kathy? No, no offense to both. <laughs> I'm, I'm not really that familiar with them either. But the reason I stopped to listen to him is because in the background of his interview, he had all these cat shelves behind mm. him and this great cat uh, tree and little ramps and they had little dips. And I was thinking, this guy's got, that's the story. Steve Bo loves cats. And he's got all this environmental enrichment behind him. These little ramps, these little shelves, this great cat tree. I yeah, stopped to listen like to the to whole, be up high. I, right. And, and I listened to the whole interview because I was like, I'm fascinated. But I think they're willing to do that sort of thing, you know, uh, ramps and, and shelves and stuff like that to, to, to get themselves where they want to be. They want to be up higher. And so, therefore, if they have a ramp to get themselves up higher, I think they would use it. True. But I still stand by that the the step may be more familiar. And I think, mm, I yes. think again, a smaller yeah. animal, yeah. whether it's a dog or a cat, is going to be more likely to use a ramp and or stairs. Yeah. I have an example in my own life. My mom had an 18-year-old cat that was, she was in kidney failure, uh, very weak, yeah. and wanted to be up, you know, lying with my mom, whether it was on the bed or right. on the sofa. And when I was there this summer, I said, mom, let's get, make a step. And she was like, what? what are you talking about? So I go down in the basement. I found a, you know, pretty sturdy box. Again, the cat only weighed, you know, like seven pounds. And uh, I covered it with a towel, like a thick, you know, towel, wrapped it, secured it, put it next to the couch. And again, it was just a segue, you know, from the, from the floor to that step to the couch. And Mittens used it instantly. That's all she needed was that one little, yeah. <laughs> instantly. And it didn't take up a lot of room because I was, right. again, worried that my right. mom might, you know, trip on it. We put it at the opposite end to where my mom usually sits. Mm -hmm. And, you know, quick, easy solution. You know, you mm -hmm. didn't have to build anything. You didn't have to, you know, order something online. Um, so, again, when I say steps, oftentimes it's or just one step. step. A step, or, right. Yeah, yeah, or a platform that's necessary. Right. So. Right. Having said that, you know, I find that ramps are often heavy, cumbersome, mm -hmm. and dangerous. You know, not only dangerous for our pets that may, you know, fall off, but I can't tell you how many times my fingers have gotten pinched in a telescoping ramp or, you know, when that folding ramp yeah. folds. So, yeah, <laughs> that's not good. That's the worst. Yeah, that's the worst. That's the worst. Um, I was watching a little video this morning on uh, Instagram of this little dog that I follow called her name is Dottie the Dwarf. So if you're not if you're on Instagram, you got to follow Dottie the Dwarf. And she was practicing her little ramp this morning and um, it was homemade and she's teeny tiny and she just needs that one little help to get down the stair from mm -hmm. her in the house to outside. And she's just the cutest little thing, but she is really squatty and short and has these little dwarf legs. And she was practicing and what he, the owner had done was made little rises little raised areas so as she came down she wouldn't slide down the ramp it's almost like a like a little step i call that yeah. a slat i'll a tell slat. people a little to put slat. A, a right. slat across the ramp right. so that right. yes they don't slide down the whole pitch slide down the whole yeah. ramp so it was great because this was a homemade ramp so it was perfect to her size mm -hmm. to the step and the steepness was not that bad you know he made it go out longer sure. so that she could have that that uh, ability to go up without having to fight and claw to get up the, the ramp. So, so Kathy, I agree with you. Again, 
Animals with a low center of gravity, short legs may do better with a ramp. I will concede on that. <laughs> um, but I did want to go back because I mentioned it earlier, you know, and I think this is true for, for both ramps and stairs, um, thinking about, you know, how, how you get them, make them, acquire them, etc. So, you know, I've already touched on using common household objects, you know, storage containers are great. You know, you can go to the container store and buy, you know, various size containers, flip them over, mm -hmm. cover them with something grippy. Again, the grip yeah. is always important. Um, I mentioned the toolbox, an aerobic step, um, yeah. you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, years ago, I saw a way to make uh, steps online using that foam insulation board. So you go to like your big box store, you know, Home Depot, Lowe's, whatever. Yeah. And I think it's a four by eight sheet. So then you always have like your division of two, right? Yeah. And you cut it in half, you cut it in half again, you cut it in half. So, and then you, you tape or glue that. And so your, your lowest step is maybe two or four inches. And then back from that is six inches or eight inches and so on and so forth. So it's really lightweight yeah. and you can make stairs yourself. I mentioned, you know, the use of, of cardboard boxes and, and so forth, but let's think about those materials, right? So again, Purchasing or making. Wood is going to be your most stable in terms of stairs, but there's a potential noise factor and the lack of grip on the surface. So those modifications need to be made. There's a lot of foam stairs out there. Again, not stable yeah. if your dog has any weight. If they get off to the side, that's a Just, huge yeah. balance issue right? Mm -hmm. So again, if it's a lightweight, you know, dog or cat, and you know, they're going to pretty much stick to the middle. The advantage of those is that they typically have good traction because they're made of like material and they can grip and dig their, their claws, you know, into that, that foam, um, and the cover. But if balance is an issue, don't use foam stairs. Um, cardboard is great because it's lightweight, but again, less durable over time, especially for a heavier pet. Right. And I personally like plastic because it's lightweight, tends to be stable, and but again, you have that noise factor and the the grip on top. So those are you know just some considerations that I want people to think of when when they're thinking I, about making or purchasing yeah. stairs. I like the aerobic step for for a couple of reasons. One, it's perfect to just throw in the car, mm -hmm. right? But also, most of those aerobic steps, there's feet on the bottom. And you can make that aerobic step just a little bit taller or flip the feet over and make it a little bit shorter. So there is a little bit of versatility in the in the aerobic step. You can make it a little higher or maybe yep. a little yep. lower. Exactly. So that's and one of my favorite. And wider step. Right, for, right. And then I just put something over it, you know. For a bigger dog, yeah. And, and you know, you have to think about, you alluded to this earlier, you know, what is your ultimate height? Because if you buy something online and it's steps that go up, you know, maybe two and a half feet mm -hmm. or something, you know, like 30 inch step and your bed is higher than that, right. then, you know, that's a big thing, you know, to get on and off the bed. So you have to make sure the height is appropriate. Again, the depth of the step is appropriate um, because the, the narrower, the depth of the step, the steeper the incline typically. And again, how wide is your dog's base of support is the width. So look at all of those specs and make sure, again, the width is wide enough to accommodate your dog's gait. Right. And I think that you can probably do a similar thing with ramps. If you're handy, you could probably make some ramps like little Dottie the Dwarf did. Um, 
but for the most part, they do just come in the, the folding, which is one size. It's big, it's bulky, but if it's the right size from your SUV to the ground, that's great. Uh, the, the telescoping one has a little bit more versatility to it and you can make your own ramp mm -hmm. um, if you if you so desired. I would probably use wood material. I would absolutely use the slats. I would probably use those carpet treads that you get you stick to the you stick to your stairs so that you don't slide. I don't know what they're called, but they have a little grit to them. So you give them a little bit of texture. I think or, they are just called stair treads. Oh maybe stair treads. <laughs> stair treads that and then again the the angle of it is so important. So you know, if you think about your senior dog um, with mobility issues, um, they're not going to be able to do that steeper slope. So they're going to need a gentler slope. So if you have a senior dog that needs to get into a vehicle of 24 inches, then the approximate, you know, length of that is probably going to be, and I'm just estimating here, like maybe six feet because it's going to give them a gentle, easier angle to get into. And that becomes a little problematic because now you've made a ramp that's six feet long that you have to get into your car. <laughs> but it's probably really good for the home, you know, getting on the getting on the furniture maybe or 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 better than in than in the car. But we want less of an angle for those those dogs speaking, with problems. Speaking yeah. of the car, I've always had uh, difficulty with ramps going to the back seat because mm -hmm. typically those. Uh, where the doors are, it's curved, and that ramp will not sit square. Right. Whereas, again, you can put a step right up to the edge right. of your car door, right. and you know, and then their last hop is either into the footwell or typically onto the seat. So they can mm -hmm. take one or two steps yes. to get to that point, and then the final step is up onto the seat where they they ride. And you know, again, in terms of space, both both stairs and ramps um, can be folded down oftentimes and, and hidden mm -hmm. if you have guests coming over or, you know, storage um, or space is a, an issue. They can be stored away. Weight, so, weight could be an issue too. Like if you can't move that, if you can't lift up that folding ramp, then it's probably not the piece of equipment for you because it is heavy. You know, mm -hmm. it is heavy. So. Yeah. Okay. So I think, I think we've come to, you know, a consensus. I think there are situations that may, may demand a step or a ramp, meaning maybe you have both for the same dog. Right. Or the individual dog does better with ramps than they do stairs or right. vice versa. So, you know, I think the bottom line, Kathy, is, is to look at your pet, your situation, where do they need to go, and what's the best way to get, the, get them there. And then also consider yourself, like you said, what are you as the owner capable of? Can you help support them? Can you guide them? Can you steady them? How much lifting can you do? Can you pop their rear end up, you know, on that last step if needed? You know, all those kinds of things. What's your balance issue like? But the bottom line is both need to be basically noiseless, have great grip, and not wobble. They need to right. be safe and right. stable. So right. both, you know, those are the same features for both a stair or a ramp. Right. I think, I think, I, I think we can all, we can both agree here, Chris, right? <laughs> we can remain friends. We can remain friends now <laughs> that it's uh, pet dependent. What's yep. going on with your pet? You know, um, do they prefer, are they more inclined to do steps versus ramp or ramp versus steps? Um, it's situation dependent. Do they need to get in and out of the car? Or do they need to get up on your high, high bed? 
or do they, you know, want to get up on their favorite piece of furniture? So it's situation dependent. And I think you're right. You could probably have steps and ramps in your house yes. for all kinds but, of different situations. But I think we gave the audience a lot to think about, though. You know, what one versus the other, and what are their needs, and which item is going to fit their specific needs. So well said. All right, Kathy. Well, thank you, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed our show. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Petability Podcast. For more information about Kathy's books and living with blind dogs, please visit EnableYourPet.com. Thank you, and please tune in next time.